This is real Lila home, that's why I stayed down. I done came up off that boy, look what I made now. Like Nike, I just do this ain't a game now. I try to get a job, but they turn me down. I know life ain't fair, that's why I play around. What's up everyone? You're listening to the Raj Project. I'm your host, Ivan Temelkov, and this is where we get 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. In case you're wondering or you're a first-time listener, the goal behind this podcast is to help you become the best motherfucking version of yourself in your personal life and in your business. The things that I share on this podcast include entrepreneurship, personal development, business, and more. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, it's free and you can do so via my website, therozproject.com on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Overcast. There are more platforms that are coming very, very soon. Look, guys and gals, I have one favor to ask from you. If you feel that I've given you some value in this podcast, some perspective, helped you make a change in your personal life or business, I would greatly appreciate it if you shared this podcast with someone else. I'm not selling you anything or forcing you to buy any shit you don't want. I'm simply asking you to share this podcast with other entrepreneurs or anyone who wants to make a change in their life and business. If you enjoyed the podcast and you keep coming back, it would also mean the world to me if you shared a review on iTunes. It will help others other like-minded folks know about the nature of content and value that I share on this podcast and give them a reason to listen. Before we dive into the guest interview with uh, Tony Watley, I want to talk about a couple of things. First of all, my new website, IvanTemelkoff.com, is now up and running. This is <clears throat> a project a a three-year hiatus and let me tell you this i i think i've really uh overthinked this website but i'm it's finally up and running and you can go and check it out there's a bunch of information on there and in fact this will be the primary domain with the podcast as we're slowly transitioning to that and you can find more information about the ros project on there so go check it out and check out the last blog post that I published that really talks about three-year hiatus and the 10 valuable lessons that I've learned over the last three years. One other thing that I've introduced is my free email coaching program. So you can sign up on that at ivantemelkov.com at the very top. This is a free information, free insight, free value that I'll be offering via my email list. And you can sign up to it. And why should you sign up for it? Because all the other emails that you're reading are fucking bullshit and they're boring. There's nothing new and interesting. So this is why I need to sign up for this because it's valuable. It's going to change your mindset. It's going to give you different perspective on life, personal development, business, and a whole lot more. Now, one other thing before we dive into the guest interview with Tony Watley that I want to throw out there is the fact that 
guests simply are not the norm on this podcast. This isn't something that I want to do in 2019 with this podcast. In fact, I'm refraining from guest interviews because truth of the matter is a vast majority of the people that I've interviewed are talking about the same fucking bullshit. And honestly, it's just not interesting. Now, once in a while, I'll welcome a guest on the show, someone that he ha- that has a unique story, and Tony is one of those people. So consider this a treat that we're having Tony on the podcast today to share his story because it's definitely an interesting one. So with that being said, let's jump right into the guest interview with Tony Watley from 365 Driven. What's up, everyone? Ivan Temelkov here on The Roz Project. And uh, today I'm joined with a, a really cool dude that I've been following a while on social media, Mr. Tony Watley. Is that correct? That pronounced That's right. That That's right, Ivan. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for jumping on, man. You know, I've, I've been a part of your group on Facebook for quite a while, and, and I've been watching you, and you're making strides, dude. I mean, you're, you're making moves, and uh, I know that you have an awesome story also. So, you know, let's start with introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your background and, you know, what you're doing these days. Well, most people introduce me now as the side hustle millionaire, and there's probably some listeners right now going, what the fuck is that? Like side hustle millionaire? Who the fuck makes millions of dollars as a side hustle? Is that even possible? Well, the answer is yes. But I'm going to tell you that I had to become the right person to carry that story. Although I had business success, I sold a company for multiple seven-figure exit when I was age 34 mm-hmm. and did very well from that. But I, can, I continued to really just hide from the spotlight from a long time for the last 10 years. And although I was helping my circle of friends and, and colleagues and things like that build businesses, and I've helped other people build seven and eight figure businesses, you know, friends, they're always telling me, Tony, you should be doing this full time. You should be helping people. This is what you really love to do. You love business. And it's like, I know, I think business is a game. Like I like playing video games. I like business as a game. There's always a goal on how can I deconstruct that? I've got this engineering mindset. And that's where like what I did is I wrote this book called The Side Hustle Millionaire. And it came out a little over a year ago, May of 2018, and it hit number one bestseller on Amazon in only nine hours. And it's because I built the audience. I was able to market this book and create a book that people actually want. I've had a viable market. I asked them, what would you like to learn from me? And they said, hey, teach us how to build a business. Okay, mm-hmm. what questions would you like to answer in this book? I said, okay, took notes of all those questions. I was like, I can answer all these questions in a high level of detail and educate these people. I'm going to have a product that sells. So I wrote the book that people wanted from me and it's done exceptionally well. Just launched the audio book. It actually came out Monday before this recording and it hit number one on the new releases with Amazon. So there it is, guys. I'm the side hustle millionaire. I'll tell you, I was not comfortable with that title initially. When I wrote the book, it was called The Hustle, you know, pretty cliche. (laughs) And the guy that read the book and he he did the editing and the cover design, he goes, man, we got to talk about this title. This title is it sucks, dude. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, you're the side hustle millionaire. You're like, you earn millions of dollars as a side hustle. Like that's your fucking story. And yeah. for a long time, I was like, let me think about that, dude. Cause it comes off pompous. It comes off arrogant. People aren't going to believe it. Like all these self-limiting beliefs that I'm, I'm telling sure. you right now. And I said, let me think about it. So the next day I got up and I was like, okay, 
what are people going to make fun of? Side hustle? No, I actually did it as a side hustle. I had, had a career, built businesses on the side. Millionaire? Nope, that's fact. I, I actually had a business partner. That even confirms the fact because we both became millionaires. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to roll with it. This, I'm going to trust this guy because he creates books. Rolled with it, dude. It just changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about, so congratulations, you know, on the book. Um, in fact, I need to read your book. I need to get my hands on it. And, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about, so this was a side hustle business. You had a previous business. You know, what was, have you, were you always an entrepreneur? Were you always kind of like in that mindset of like, hey, I want to do something. I'm passionate about something, but I don't know what it is yet. I mean, you've had a previous business, obviously, and then the side hustle actually became a new business, right? <clears throat> Which is what you're doing today. But were you always entrepreneurial? I was because my parents didn't have money. So we grew up a lower middle class and my mom was mm -hmm. a public school. She worked in the cafeteria serving food. My dad was in the U.S. Marines and he got out and he worked in the chemical refineries here in the Houston area his entire career. So I had two hardworking blue collar parents that taught me if I wanted anything that I was going to have to figure out how to get the money and pay for it for myself. So at age 12, I was that kid that was walking around looking for tall grass and knocking on yards and say, hey, can I can I mow your grass for 10 yeah. bucks? And, and I said, well, no, can I wash your car for five bucks? And I was always hustling and I was not afraid to go do that because I didn't have any options, man. I seen all the other kids in the neighborhood with bikes and skateboards. And I didn't have an allowance and I didn't yeah. have a job. So they're like, hey, if you want to go do it, go figure out how to make, make money. And I was like, okay. And my parents supported that. So yeah. that's what I did. And that led to, you know, as an employee, my first job was at McDonald's at age 15. And I said, you know, what else can I do? And I started doing some graphic design. Back then we did it with markers and poster boards. I was drawing <laughs> things and, and these local businesses were using this to print flyers off of and things like that. So I was always like really creative and artistic. So I always try to figure out how to teach myself new skills, how to monetize yeah. those skills. I taught myself how to build websites and code HTML and do graphic design on Photoshop and how to right. do photography. And I've been published in major magazines for doing so. So I've always been about how can I learn something and how can I make money from doing that? Or how can I get an extra job or a third job? I've always right. tried to figure out how to hustle. Right. So you've always had the drive, which is really important. You've had the drive since a very early age and you, you, you kept pushing forward. It was just a matter of finding the right tools, the right resources, figuring out how to apply them, right, to earn more money. So let's talk a little bit about this, you know, side hustle millionaire. Is this, tell us a little bit about what is that? What is the side hustle millionaire? So the side hustle millionaire book is to help look at your ideas for your businesses. Like a lot of people walk around with all, you know, I got this idea. I want to do a business. Someday I'm going to start a business. And they, they have all these ideas and they pat themselves on the back because they have ideas. But I'll tell you, ideas are the easy part. Thousands of people die every single day with great ideas that they never put any action into. Sure. So what I did is I wrote this book on how to evaluate your ideas against each other. So maybe you have three or four business ideas. I give you some real simple math and things like this to figure out what are the, what are the business ideas that's going to allow me to have the best success to reach a financial goal or a time goal. So, you know, I'm 46 now, so I, I'd like time more than the money. I've got the mm -hmm. money. So what can I do to make more income with less time? So I started to think about that. So you have time goals and financial goals. They're not related. Right. We start to look at these different business ideas, how to compare them against each other, figure out which one's going to get you there. And then the book starts to talk about how you build the brand, how you do the website, how you do the LLC or the S Corp, you know, the right, different right. formats. And here's how you do the marketing. And I really want to take your idea and get you into startup operation with this book. Interesting. You know, some of the things that you were talking about, 
being a digital marketer is just that I think all those tools and resources are so accessible nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, a lot of people can learn this stuff. You know, all you got to do is Google it, you know, mm-hmm. and you can find, you know, a bunch of blog posts or go on YouTube and find a bunch of videos, you know, to teach you how to do this stuff. I think one of the things that maybe your book has helped solve is kind of give people a path, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. a path to like how to get there or a path that you have used because that's really always the challenge, right? It's like people can learn how to code or how to do social media or this and that, anything that's digital, but they, they, they can't find the uniformity of like what's the path of like that's going to bring me that financial freedom, right? And I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions too with a lot of people is just that, because I see this with a lot of solopreneurs is that, you know, they're so, um, they're so eager, you know, they learn, they, they crash and burn on a lot of things. And at the end of the day, is, it's because they don't have a method, they don't have a process to it, you know, that, that's going to take them from point A or from A to Z in mm-hmm. the way that you've done, that you've built a business. What, what challenges would you say that you've seen? So you, you've created a process and a method. You've written a book about it. Is What were some of your challenges in, when you were trying to figure out this process? Well, I think you touched on it because we tend to be the early adopters of things. We like to be curious and learn new things, new tools, new track tactics. We're always looking for these magic bullets out there. There's people running around. You know, you're a digital marketers. People running around talking about funnels. They don't even know what that is. And they don't even know if they need one, but they've been told that they need one and they don't know why. And so as a new business owner, there's like this overwhelm. There's like this big pile of freaking tasks. And like you said, if you don't know which order to do, and if you don't know why you need to do them, then you're not going to be putting them in the right order. And you're going to waste a lot of time sometimes doing things that aren't really important for your business model. So what I've looked at is how do we get from there, like you said, the A to the B. But most people, I think the challenges are is they just don't know where to start. And as independent yeah. people who are self-driven and self-motivated, I made the mistake. And I'll look back now and I'll, I'll tell you that the, over 20 years of business ownership now, I'll tell you that I wasted at least five of those years trying to figure shit out myself rather than going to the people who have already figured it out and asking them the right questions. Because there's a lot of times we grow up in the lower middle class or the middle class and we have these fucked up mindsets that we talk about. Hey, if you can pay, if you could do it yourself, don't pay somebody to do it. Have you heard that? I mean, I know you have. Like, oh, don't, yeah. Don't pay somebody to do something you could do yourself. I mean, there's fucking millionaires out there mowing their own yard. It's like, what the fuck's that? Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> dude, pay somebody $7 an hour to go fucking mow your yard so you can be more productive. We're actually going to go relax, dude. Yeah. Like, go enjoy your life. Like, quit doing stupid shit. So, yeah. Early entrepreneurs, we, they, I get it. If you, if you have nothing but time and no money, learn, do it yourself, do it the hard way. It's going to take you a lot longer. You're going to fuck up a lot. You're going to learn lessons though, or pay somebody that's already done the things that you want to know. Go hire a coach, go hire a mentor, go buy that program. Yeah. Understand that you're going to advance at a lot faster rate for that money. And I'll tell you another middle-class mindset that holds most people back is they fixate on the price of things. They go, Oh, that's expensive. You know, they hear something for a thousand dollars, like, Oh, thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. And they, and they fixate on the price, man. And it kills them. Because they don't think about the return on that investment. It's not like sure. buying a thousand dollar piece of steak and then it like it's gone. You know, it's like if I invest this thousand dollar, can I earn a hundred thousand dollars from what I learned? Probably. It's no different than going to college. If, sure. if people just fixated on the price instead of what they're going to get at the back end of that, why would they go? You know, it's just there's too many people focusing on price. They yep. got the ego about them that they want to be self-made, and that's a bunch of bullshit, I'll tell you. It's just, you got to get over your ego. You got to be willing to ask for help. And that's the hardest thing for most people to do. 
it's in so you mentioned several things that i i just wanted to comment on is this that early entrepreneurs you were talking about mowing the grass right they don't they don't look at the quality they don't look at okay uh, should I mow my own grass, which is going to take me an hour and a half to do or however long, depending on how big your yard is, right? Or should I pay someone 25 bucks to do it? Because in the time that they do it, I could be doing something else and be more productive, right? And I think the early entrepreneurs look at that from a cost efficiency factor. They're like, I'll save 25 bucks if I do it myself. But what's your time really worth? Yep. Right. If your time is more than 25 bucks, and honestly, if you value your time, you'll understand that it's worth more than $25. So in fact, paying someone to mow your lawn while you out, I don't know, generating more business or making more phone calls or I don't know, answering more emails, that's probably a better way to spend your time. So I wholeheartedly agree with that. So, and, and I see the irony on that because I mow my own grass sometimes, but sometimes it's like, I just need to have someone do it. It's a bigger pain in the ass for one. I could be probably spending more time with my kids as opposed to out there sweating like a mule, you know? So that's one thing of it. And the other thing that you mentioned is, is that the whole self-made thing, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, I think everyone these days, and I think we're at the height of entrepreneurship where like everyone is like, well, I'm going to be a fucking entrepreneur. You know, I'm going to fucking build a business. And I hate to tell you this, but you probably aren't. It's fucking hard. It really is. And because mainly, and maybe because I'm, I'm also in the marketing space, is just that I see everyone positioning themselves as an expert now, including the person who found out about Facebook yesterday, and now they're a proficient Facebook marketer. Like, fuck, they're everywhere, man. And it's like nauseating because, you know, I've been doing this for 25 years now, and like, how do you maneuver through that fucking noise? It, it, it's, it's so hard because, like you just said on the price. Most people are set on price. They think that price defines value when it's vice versa. Like you said, you know, it's not like the thousand dollar steak. It's like school. It's an investment that's going to make you millions and millions of dollars over the, the long term. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand. I mean, I agree with you is when I, when I pitch like marketing services or something, you know, and I say, oh, it's going to cost X amount. And they're like, oh, it's too much fucking money. I'm like, what do you mean it's too much fucking money? This is going to make you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like whether it's a website or a marketing campaign or what, like you don't fucking see that and you're in business. Like it's nauseating, man. So my question to you is, you know, so with writing this book and, and I know you got several programs that you offer as well. How do you overcome some of those challenges when it comes to a matter of price versus value? I think, when I, when I first started doing the business coaching, I, I started lower price because I still had the self-limiting beliefs. Like, you know, I, you know, I, that's a lot of money. It's like even someone that's got money, we still think about things in relative terms to the way we grew up. We have these self-limiting beliefs, you know, for someone that's making, you know, I left the corporate world making about $240,000 a year salary. That's a damn good salary. And I started to think, well, maybe I just need to replace that with this coaching career. And why would they, why would you create that limit? It's all based on supply and demand. It's simple economics. If you want to reduce the amount of time that you're going to be exposed sitting in this chair versus living your life, there you go. I'm the time hack guy. Dude, I was making $400,000 a year profit in my company working one hour per day. So when you put things in perspective, it's like, what was my dollar value back then versus yeah. now? So you don't have ways to justify it. Most people want to, you know, here's the thing. Here's the, here's the, here's the mind blowing thing that I'll get this new client that'll come in and we're, we're hashing out their business model where their financial goals are for the first year, the third year, fifth year, things like that. And I always ask people that, you know, what is your financial goal? What would you like to make this year? Or would you like to make it three years? And you know what their answer nine times out of 10 is? 
Mm-mm. It's their fucking salary that they're currently making. <laughs> and it's basically, but dude, it's, it's a funny, and I've seen it so often and, I, and it's, it's, yeah. it's this thing that I've discovered. And what it is, is people, I hate to say it, people define their self-worth as a snapshot of based on where they're at today. So we yeah. hear things from our boss, our boss's boss, or the, the market with the air quotes, or what's your job worth, or the salary of that position. And you know, if you're a $25 an hour person right now at your job, you, you're kind of thinking, I'm a $25 an hour person. If you're a $100,000 salary person, you're like, I'm a $100,000 person. 200, you know, it goes on and on. So these people will come in and, and they'll, they'll basically think that that's their potential because fucking society has told them that. And I had to help them disconnect yep. that hours and dollars are not related in the entrepreneur space, especially doing things online like you and I are doing. Yeah. We can make money while we're literally sleeping or if we're on vacation or taking shit on the commode. I mean, we can make money all the time. You need to learn how to disconnect hours and dollars. And that's an employee mindset that's holding you back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's an excellent point, you know, that you made because it is mind boggling how people devalue themselves. And as someone who wasn't a nine to five in an agency world, I, I used to think that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been entrepreneurial for a huge part of my life. My father is an entrepreneur also and has a business of his own, but I think the mindset always stuck. And it wasn't until probably four or five years ago when like the light bulb just finally went off. And in fact, these days, um, being a lot into nutrition and health and wellness and fitness, and now really trying to stick to the meditation thing, man, it has really fucking opened my mind. It made me realize of how much immense potential we have as human beings, but how many limited beliefs we have that society has posed upon us. Because to be that 1%, to be exceptional, to be the best version of yourself, you need to stop thinking like everyone else. You need to stop thinking that, oh, I need a paycheck every two weeks because I need to pay my bills and put gas in my tank and food on the table and keep my lights on, but realize that you have a lot more potential. And yes, it's going to be a thousand times fucking harder, you know, to earn it, but it's going to be also a thousand times more rewarding. You just haven't figured out the process, you know, and, and that's probably one of the biggest challenges to people is that they're afraid to figure out that process because it's new. In fact, human nature indicates that, you know, risk costs and fear also has repercussions. So it's easier to mitigate risk as opposed to trying something new and being fearless. And that's just what humanity has shown us over history. I mean, if you look at some of the most successful people in the world, they've been some of the most polarizing, mm-hmm. you know, that have always tried, you know, the polar opposite of what everyone else has done, right? So something else that, that I wanted to ask you too is, you know, if as a piece of advice, what's the best piece of advice that, that you would give to someone who wants to chase their dreams, they're early in the game, and they're trying to figure out the ins and outs of things. I would say that you need to learn what the fundamentals are. A lot of times people are out there chasing, they got the squirrel syndrome, they're thinking they're looking for the magic potion or that silver bullet that's going to make them successful. There's a lot of people cutting corners out there, the whole get rich quick things. There's people trying to suck you into their MLM type programs because they think that you're a good hustler and you got a good network. But you know, you can make money doing those things, but you can do things the wrong way as well. And a lot of times people spend way too much time chasing things that are easy and they're trying to right. shortcut the process. And entrepreneurship, like you said, Ivan, you touched on it. It is not an easy 
you learn how to take risk, you fall on your face, you get punched in the nose a bunch of times. You, you learn lessons and you keep doing that. But you know, here's the thing is like, most people don't realize, like, let's talk about like stats. Major League Baseball, home run hitters, the sluggers of the Major League Baseball who are in the Hall of Fame, they're only batting 30%. So that only means three out of 10 times they get to the plate, they get to the base. So right. understand that. And when you understand that the Hall of Famers are only batting 30%, you got to be willing to fail 75%, you know, 70% in order to do that home run. Most people think that they deserve, they're entitled to this grand slam on the first swing, man. Like the first pitch, first swing, I want a grand slam. And they don't get that. And they tap out and they're like, oh, well, this, I guess this didn't work. And they're looking for the next business card to, to switch over to or pivot too soon when they really should be more focused on their niche and how do we get this niche down to be more focused on being good at one thing? What one problem can you solve and create right. value in this world? Most people approach entrepreneurship as like, you know, I, I talked about all the things I taught myself earlier. You know, I talked about, well, I can build websites. I can do photography. I can do podcasting. I can do business. I can do mechanical engineering. I can do project. They think that they have all these abilities that they want to put out there to try to have this huge net to catch people and they think that nobody's answering, nobody's calling me. Why I'm so great at all these things. And guys, you gotta be, you gotta niche it down. You gotta narrow it down to one problem. What is that one problem that you enjoy solving for this world that you can get paid for? Mm -hmm. Do that, become the best at that. And you know what, if you start to build your brand, if you start to build the company, you can always add things to that later, but going at it from a big approach initially is going to backfire on you. And most people just don't realize that. Yeah, no, that's really solid piece of advice, you know, and um, absolutely right. You know, it's, there's a lot of people out there that are chasing squirrels. You know, there's a lot of talented people out there. At least I see this in the social space, a lot of intelligent people, but they just don't have the method, that process, they don't understand the fundamentals of it. And that's precisely why, you know, what's really funny is <laughs> I live in a neighborhood of predominantly stay at home moms and their definition of entrepreneurship is jobless. And like, that's the misconception that I think society has on us entrepreneurs is they don't understand that it's a thousand times harder, you know, to, to basically earn your bread and butter, right? Mm -hmm. And what it takes to get there, but it's a lot easier to judge and criticize, which is what society does, right? Is this, they judge you, they criticize you because they don't know. And so one of the hardest things I think with entrepreneurs is just, you know, the mindset aspect of things, how to overcome, you know, the, the condescending mindset that everybody else has, right? Because that's how they look upon you until you come to fruition. Like, you know, you've had a prior business, you sold your business and everybody was like, fuck, Tony, man, you sold your business for seven figures. Fuck, you must be doing something right for 10 years. Right. But people don't see what happens in the interim, mm -hmm. right? Like the struggles, the challenges, the risks, the sacrifices, the sleepless nights, the fucking endless investment, the labor and time you got to put into this. So um, I really appreciate you coming on, man, talking, talking about this. Um, if people want to find you out there on the web, I mean, what's the best way to connect with you? My website is 365driven.com. So 365driven.com. And from there, you'll find the links to my social, my best-selling book, and also my podcast, which is called 365 Driven. Cool. Awesome. Tony, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it, Ivan. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a bombastic guest interview with Tony Watley, a.k.a. the Side Hustle Millionaire. 
And as I told you in the beginning of this podcast, this was one of the reasons why I actually wanted to have Tony on the podcast because he actually has something to say. He has a unique story. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's not to be, you know, bashing on people out there or sounding degrading, but, you know, there's a lot of bullshit out there and it's very hard to find a unique guest who has an intriguing story. So if that's you, I encourage you to reach out to me if you want to be a guest on the podcast here, because if your story is worth telling, let's tell it to the world. But that's what I'm looking for is an interesting, intriguing story of diversity struggle and making your dreams a reality. And with that being said, that's all I got for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the podcast this episode. Please consider casting a review on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you found value in this episode, please share it with someone out there who might need it. I'm not asking you to buy anything. All I'm asking you is to share this message with someone else. I know these bitches very well, they ain't gonna hold you down